Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll get picks from Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey. We'll chat with Booger McFarland about college and pro football. But first, let's keep the sales weasels happy. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. That loss by the Bears yesterday was terrible. <laughs> that Bears to Cleveland, right? That was just terrible. The Hail Mary that almost was. Oh, yeah, and yeah. the guy has it. He's yeah. laying down. It's in his belly. Playing hot yeah. potato. And he can't hold it. Yeah. That was just awful. Now, well, I guarantee you what Wilbon will say. It's good that we lost because we had higher draft picks. But there was a terrible loss. Imagine what his primary text chain was doing. Yeah. <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser. And is that what he said? Is, is that what he said? It's 100% what he said. Yeah. We get, you know, we could have fallen down to eighth, but now we stay at five, yeah. and so I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the spin on it. I all really the time. want to see his latest mock draft. You know, I just. Uh... <laughs> so, what I do in the evening after everything is done, when dinner is over, when I've walked the dog, when I'm sitting around wondering. How I'm going to spend the next X amount of hours until I get tired enough to go Certainly to sleep. Certainly not the dishes. No, I don't do... Well, yeah, I occasionally do the dishes. I'm fine with the dishes. You clean what you use? I clean what I use. I clean what everybody uses. Only two people eating. It's not that, it's not that big a deal. Or I simply throw things out. <laughs> throw the dishes out, too. If I don't like the dishes, <laughs> I just throw them out. Um, but then what I do is I go to my phone and I look up the Washington Post and I go to the sports online and I go all the way down to the bottom of all the things that are made available to you until I get to television tonight, games tonight, Mm -hmm. listings tonight. And yesterday there was nothing I wanted to see. It's tough. There was no football. There was no baseball because there's no baseball now. I didn't really care about the hockey. I'm not the world's biggest hockey fan. The college basketball did not move me, and I realized, oh my God, what's PTI going to look like on Wednesday? It's going to look like the NBA. That's what it's going to look like, Yes, the NBA. Can't lead with Binghamton? Can't lead with Binghamton. Did they play yesterday? Yeah. How'd we do? Uh, They played Niagara. Oh, oh, Niagara's no. a, a legit D1 team. Well, huh? you guys won. 74-69. That's fantastic. What's our we, record now? We're above 500. You oh, are 7-4. Sure. and four. You're middle of the pack for your conference, but now you're going to get into conference play after the holidays. Yeah. So. Was that match at Binghamton? At or, Dr. Bylee Court? Or was uh, that this Ni- was, yeah. Undefeated at the Dr. Bylee Court how this year. Did, how would Niagara agree to go to Binghamton? Don't know. Niagara's in a, an actual conference, aren't they? Yeah, and they're a regu- not a regular, but they've been in the tournament a few times, haven't they? They had Calvin Purple Murphy Eagles. 50 years ago. They had <laughs> Calvin Murphy, Niagara. UB Brown coached at Niagara. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Niagara's a squad. I mean, there are, the, what, there are two squads in Western New York, St. Bonaventure and Niagara. Yeah. I'm surprised they would play at Binghamton, and I'm stunned that Binghamton would beat them. Our new coach is pretty good. He, yeah, that seemed like a good team. He knows what he's doing. Good for him. All right, so so I have this great fear of today's PTI show. It's just going to be all NBA. There's nothing that happened in sports that can get rid of the NBA. Maybe we could talk about the Saints against the Rams tonight, but Mike's not going to want to do that. Mike's going to veto that idea. No. So what I did last night was I saw that Turner 
was carrying the Grizzlies. In John Morant's return to the NBA after 25-game suspension. Now, John Morant is not, this is not Draymond Green. John Morant is not suspended for anything he did on the court. Nobody has said anything he did on the court is untoward. He's being suspended for not once, but multiple times flashing an actual gun on social media. And people in the league office, you know, finally said, what are we, what are we doing here? The second time he did it was after he went to therapy for the first time that he did it. So then you say to yourself, he's not paying attention. And we're going to hit him pretty good. 25 games, a lot of games. It's a lot of games. The Memphis Grizzlies were 6-19 and 19 without John Moran. And, you know, you can, you know, I can tell you all the things he said, whether he's sorry. It's pointless. The proof will be whether he does it again or not. It's off court. It's not on court. He's in the middle of a trial, by the way. He's being sued civilly by a teenage kid who says that John Moran beat him up. And John Moran went on the stand and said it was self-defense. So, okay, we'll see how that happens. I mean, I don't know if that trial is still going on or if there's a verdict on that trial. But, again, off-the-court stuff. I'm watching this game. I'm watching the first half. New Orleans is down by three or four. Morant's not in the game when I'm watching. I'm watching the second quarter. He's not on the court. I know what he looks like on the court. He's not on the court. And New Orleans, while I'm watching, either either it's 14 in a row or 15 in a row or 17 in a row, whatever it is, they're pounding Memphis. Morant's not in the game. And I don't know how much time is left in the second quarter. And I go, this game's over. What am I watching this for? This game is over. I wake up this morning and I look at SportsCenter and I read the Washington Post. Memphis won that game. And they won it because of John Morant. John Morant got over 30 and John Morant was a demon in the fourth quarter. And he won the game. And I watched the highlights and he looked great because he's a great basketball player and i realized oh my god we're gonna have to lead with this might be the a and b block yeah we're gonna have to lead with it. we may end up doing three stories on just this on john moran you know so i mean at least i watched a little of it but the part that i watched and new orleans zion was not in the game either so the two biggest stars were not in the game but Brandon so you, Ingram was if, scoring. If you watched the beginning McCon- of the game, what was the reaction of the other players in the court? I did not watch the beginning of the game. I checked in like right around the second quarter. I had forgotten about it. Um, You're just seeing the quotes after everyone about. I think saying, the like, players this is good for hoops. I think the players like John Morant very much, and I think they want him back on the court. And my guess is they are not as upset with the reasons for him being off the court as the commissioner is upset. Because they're not trying to protect anything but themselves. And they like John Moran. I think he was booed um, by the New Orleans crowd, which makes all the sense in the world. And then I think he basically told them to shove it at the end of the game. (laughs) You know, because he had the right to. Yeah. So we got that. And I don't know what else we've got, but we don't have anything else really to talk about. Maybe Yamamoto will sign with someone today. Yeah, really? You think so? Like... 
They say it's by close. Five o'clock? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Like, I don't know. It's 8.30 in the morning now. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think so. you should just enjoy an easy afternoon at work. Yeah. <clears throat> Mike yeah. will be happy. Yeah. And you can just. And plus we have, we have um, Kendrick Perkins Oh, on. that's right. Kendrick, yeah. So we could go wall to wall. I mean, is there a hockey story? I don't know that there's a hockey story. Is there a football story? I mean, okay, well, you can say, is this game tonight meaningful? That's New Orleans and the Rams. But honestly, there's no juice for that game. No. Not really. No. I mean, the Rams have won a couple in a row, and New Orleans is tied for first place in a very terrible division. But when you watch New Orleans play on television, they're fine from the 20 to the 20, and then they get in the red zone, and they're really not very good at all. They don't score a lot of points. Derek Carr doesn't get you into the end zone. He gets you near the end zone. And the Rams, um, they're not as good as they were. They were terrible last year. Well, they've got they've got Matthew Stafford and they've got Cooper Cup, but they don't. They seem to lack a certain verve when they're out there. You know. Although I did say the other day that if if the Rams and the Bills made the playoffs, you don't want to play them. And yeah, I this, believe that's true. Yeah, I the, believe that's true. But that doesn't mean they'll make the playoffs. And these games, you know, the games in Los Angeles, nobody goes. No. Nobody goes to the Charger games. <clears throat> More people go to the Rams games, but you don't get any sense. It's not a rabid cra- you no. know, fan base. No. So I'm, I guess here I am complaining uh, that, <laughs> that I don't have anything else. Do you have anything you want to talk about? No, we're still just waiting for the news of uh, if and when Tiger and Nike call it quits. But Why would that happen? I mean, Tiger was so good for Nike. Yeah, I mean, I think so long. it's been a fruitful partnership for both. But this is just uh, the the water continues to be stirred when it looks like Charlie Woods has signed a deal with Grayson Clothing, and you have Taylor May that looks like it's getting into the soft good business now. So, uh, I mean, Tiger had a, a just a brutal quote, and he goes, "I'm still wearing their product." The other day, because people were assuming the PNC would be the final uh, curtain call with Tiger in that Sunday. He wasn't Nike any swoosh. more expansive about nope. it. <clears throat> I'm wearing their product now. That's like when, who was the guy that they traded, Jared Goff, when the GM of the Rams said, at the moment, he's still our quarterback. <laughs> and they traded him the next day for Matthew Stafford, and they won a Super Bowl as a result of that. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound promising. Oh, it doesn't sound promising at all. But And what's the, the other company? That's the one that Justin this Thomas This is wears. Grayson. I, I believe one of their founders was part of the, uh, the, the golf line at Ralph Lauren, the... Um, the yeah the RLX and he went over and created this so that would be a, a interesting shakeup. They got the wolf. They got the big wolf. Yeah, because uh, wolf's you, head. We just think what happened to Nike when they left making the the actual golf clubs and the golf balls, and he's sort of been waiting for something of like this. To They're happen, sort of out now. It's impossible to imagine a world of golf without Tiger wearing the swoosh. I mean, he'll still wear the Sunday. Well, red. he plays a Bridgestone ball. Yeah, and he's been doing that for a while. And yeah, you do think of him. Oh, his clothing is. You know, his clothing defined golf yeah. as he defined When golf. you think about the, the mock the turtlenecks. And you even think Scotty Scheffler is wearing the, the TW logo. Yeah. yeah. The only story I had was uh, Tommy DeVito. What happened? So apparently he was scheduled to go to a pizzeria. Oh, for... and he, he paid for it. He didn't get the money. Yeah, so his agent doubled the fee. And then the pizzeria was like, well, we can't afford that. So then DeVito well, went back and said, we're going to do, do it, it for nothing. free. And DeVito now has a new agent. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be getting a fee, a fee from going to a pizza joint near where you live. You shouldn't be getting yeah, a fee Yeah, it was that. a terrible look, but just, a, you know. But, and I don't want to cast aspersions, but the way the, 
the agent looked like that seems like a move that he would make. With you know? yep. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Well, so so he dumped him as an agent. So he dumped him. Yeah. Wow. Went did a whole thing at the pizzeria for free. Wow. Had a lovely dumped tum- him. Yeah, dumped because him because the agent was close with the mom and dad. I, but I guess I guess he was he. The role to... has probably outgrown his abilities. Yes, that's wow. probably right. probably what they assessed. Okay, it's a Jersey Boys story. <laughs> um, we'll stop here and bring on Chuck Todd. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is our friend Jim Baznight, who has sent us music before, and he sends us music again. And he sends us two songs today. The first song, the one you're hearing now, is Summertime Again. And he writes, this album is a departure musically as I get into a lot of new feels and instrumentation, including horns, woodwinds, strings, and unique vocal arrangements to go with a wide swath of feels full of tracks yet to be available on any digital platform until now. So there, it's out, right? Yes. Summertime Again is available by Jim Baznight. Plays in Chuck Todd. This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Chuck got so fortunate last week. You were about to be either tied or lose the Washington game, and they they didn't go for two, and they missed the extra point, right? And so you covered. Yeah, I will say this. I've been on – thanks to Ron Rivera, and this is proof that you, you almost never want to bet on this. I've lost because of this very same bad decision by Rivera. Right. Right. So, like, right. you know, with actual money, or I think even on this. So this stuff does even out. But he, you and I were texting about this. He is worth a point to the other team. <laughs> in every point spread. Every point spread. Yeah. But he just is. No, he's well, automatically worth an extra point. He's well, not, however you want to calculate that. He's not going to be there next year. And this this is over. You know, and we wish this him This is painful. This is like watching. It's terrible. They stink. It's like why you just in, and I guess you're like, well, I, I mean, is it worse to not be fired at this point? At least Staley gets to like put his feet up on the couch. I don't think I don't think Would new owners fired or not. Staley was fired by the old owners, the Spanos no, family. Put your, but but put your put your shoes put yourself in Rivera's shoes. You know you're going to be fired. At this point, don't you want to spend Christmas with your family? He's sort of like, hey, man, asking. Can you take me out now? Right. He, he's sort of asking to be fired when he starts going on fourth down in the first quarter. In the first quarter. Right. Fourth and right. eight. Yeah. What? What are you doing? So, anyway. All right. You had a good week. Five and two. You're 67, 45, and one. You're almost 20 over. You actually well, are. You're 22 who, over. 
Who wow. knew Carvel was so soft? A tiny little poke, <laughs> and he loses his mind. And of yeah. course, what happens? He goes like one in ten. He had a very bad week. His, he he lost three, the most impossible game. Yeah, he lost the impossible game. He lost ODU. Twenty eight nothing in the fourth. Something like that. Fourth quarter. We were. You know, I'm on semi vacation, so of course I watched that game yesterday. Because <laughs> what else was I going to do in the middle of the day? So let me say this. Game. Let me say this about that game. <laughs> the Western Kentucky helmets oh, were, they were beautiful. Great. Yeah, they're great. They were like oh, shiny totally silver great. with red. They were really good looking. Anyway, all right. You yeah. know that Saliz and I are both pro ODU basketball. Our buddy Jeff Jones, you know. Oh, okay. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're big ODU basketball. I could give it, you know, gave Carvel a lot, so I'm all, I'm all fired <laughs> up about that. But, you know, <laughs> That's good to have yeah, this okay. rivalry. All right, here we go. Uh, the Thursday game, n- not a great game because New Orleans is really no fun to watch. They're just no fun to watch. At the L.A. Rams, um, the L.A. Rams have won a couple of games in a row. New Orleans is getting four. New Orleans, I think, is tied for the lead in their division with Tampa Bay. Um, the Rams, I don't know. I, I like them. I like the coach and I like the quarterback, but they're, they're you know, they're okay. They're okay. Will you take That's the four? That's a great way of putting it. Will you take the four? They're just, o- they're they're okay. just okay. Yeah. You don't want to play. I don't want to. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. Right. I agree. One game. Right. Because of McVay and all that. But you're right. They're just okay. Here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping the Saints lose. They fire Dennis Allen and Green Bay can hire Dennis Allen as their next defensive coordinator. Because uh, here's what I noticed about the Saints. After Tommy DeVito became Dan Marino yeah. against the Packers two weeks ago, he goes down and plays New Orleans. And, you know, while they can't move the ball, they Derek shut Clark, him down. I mean, Derek Clark cannot, cannot score points. No. Right, it's just no. impossible. I don't know why they don't put that kid Taysom Hill in. Um, but I also think we're buying the Rams. I think everybody's a little, little high on the Rams. I'm going to take the Saints and uh, take New Orleans on the road. And, and yeah, four, four feels like too many, and they're like I said, defense. Okay, they'll, they'll, they'll keep that game close. All right, uh, Cincinnati is at Pittsburgh. This is pretty much the last stand for the Steelers. If they lose this game, I think their playoffs, playoff hopes are dashed. Uh, they're on their third-string quarterback. They're starting Mason Rudolph, who hasn't started since 2021. Cincinnati's on a third-string quarterback as well, Jake Browning, but he's 3-1. and one. He's, you know, he's the story at the moment. Cincinnati is the story at the moment. Cincinnati on the road, division game against a good defense. Cincinnati minus 2.5 on Saturday. Will you take them? I... Uh... I keep thinking about uh, that Parcell, the great Parcells quote. You are what you say your record is. Yeah. You know, you're, you are what your record says you are. And we were sitting there all year long. Boy, is Pittsburgh any good? Is Pittsburgh any good? Well, now you look at them and you're like, oh, their record says they're exactly who I thought they were, which is a, a very average, mediocre team. And now they finally they lost three in a row. That. They've lost yeah, three in a row, right. Pittsburgh. The record finally matches that. So you'll take Cincinnati. I'm. I guess I will. I, uh-huh. This is a spot. If it wasn't for Trubisky, I'd be all over Tomlin. But man, that guy's terrible. He's not going to play. Yeah. No, Mason Rudolph's going right. to play. Oh, it's Mason Rudolph's going to play. Yeah. Oh, I still no. That's still a bad idea. <laughs> it doesn't move it for you. No, that doesn't move it. I'm impressed he's still there. He's been there a long time. Yeah, he, he hasn't started in three years, but he's been what there. What does that say? Yeah, well, they must really like him in that. He must really. You know, maybe he has the best potluck dinner. Yeah, maybe or something for the quarterback room because he's been there a while. So you'll take the Bengals. Give me the Bengals, and you'll lay two and a half. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. 
Here's Washington. You finally won on them. Washington is at the Jets. These the Jets stink. They have no scoring capability. They just cannot score. Washington is getting three, but they've given up. <laughs> Washington's <laughs> given up. You know, it, it's you know everybody's going to be gone, and I guess Aaron Rodgers. Why do you think the Jets have given up? Hmm? Yeah. Why no, do, Aaron Rodgers is lobbying to keep the coaching staff. Aaron Rodgers, for a guy who's played four plays, this really runs his yap a lot, doesn't he? He runs his. He yap. runs this team. Yeah, he does. He's had four snaps. It's amazing. He does. He's got Woody Johnson wrapped around his finger. Who are you taking? Oh, I don't know what to do with this game because of everything you just said. I assume the Jets quit. You're, you're not. But we were making the case here that they all want to be celebrating Christmas at home. They like. Rivera knows this is his last Christmas. Right. I have no idea what to do here other than I'll take I'm gonna take the better quarterback. I guess I'll take the, the, the commanders. Okay. Now. You'll take Sam Just Howell. He's got some, I think he has something to play for. Okay, I I agree right? with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if anybody else has anything to well, play for. Well you've only won once has. on this team all year. <laughs> we're in, we're in week <laughs> oh, eighty two. Yeah. Flip yeah. the coin. And you've won once. Here's another yeah, game. Exactly. Big change in this line. Cleveland, which was plus two and a half, is now minus two and a half. That's a five-point change. Minus two and a half at Houston. I assume that's because people, A, have decided that Joe Flacco is is better than they thought now, and the fact that mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud is in concussion protocol and probably won't play. So you want to say Cincinnati's the best story with Jake Browning? You don't well, think it's Joe Flacco? Well, Flacco's got one fewer win. It could be Flacco. Yeah, it could be Flacco. Sure. It's in that division, though, either way. Yeah. I am I, – I, it is – I feel like with Flacco there, it's okay to root for the Browns. Like, I don't feel as guilty being happy that they may win. I don't, I, yeah, I because they don't have there. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, give me the Browns, two and a half. No, you're taking four road teams, just in case you're keeping track. Four road teams. And we've done this. How we've done this all year long. There is no home field anymore. Okay. Jacksonville. In fact, I go through this. I think there's four home fields. Period. Total. Well, I think Seattle's one. Philadelphia. Of them. Yeah, I'll give you that. Philadelphia, Buffalo, Seattle, Green Bay. Yeah. Maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe. After that. Maybe. Well, you took I Cincinnati though. Other, Pittsburgh's at home, and you took other, Cincinnati. So. Right. Yeah, I know. That's it. The divisional game. That's my biggest mistake on the board. I'm not going to switch it. You I can could. switch yeah. it. I'm going to let you switch it. If you, if, I appreciate that. If you have these wanna, pains, yes. Defeating Carvel purely is, you know, is just, you know, better. Okay. Just one whimsical pick. Okay. You know, not having to call T-Boy or anything. Jacksonville, <laughs> plus one at Tampa Bay. They were minus one. Now they're plus one. I don't know. Is Trevor Lawrence not playing? Uh, Tampa Bay is at home. They are leading in a very, very bad division, but they are leading. Jacksonville has Jacksonville looked bad against Baltimore. Jacksonville's lost two or three in a row or something like that. I don't know why they're plus one, though. They're better than Tampa Bay. So I don't know the reason for that. Do you? Well, no, they were favored, and now it flipped, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, now Tampa Bay's favored. Yes, so, that, I mean, so I'm assuming is Trevor Lawrence not playing? I don't know. No, I think this is a response. I, I, it's my, is this not a response to Green Bay? Or you think the move, the move happened after that? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just don't know. All I know is that I'm going to fade teams that look good against the Packers' defense the following week. So you'll take – Because it's likely a mirage. Right. So you'll take Jacksonville. Um, I'm going to take Jacksonville here. I'm going to go five road teams. Here we go. Dallas, plus one and a half at Miami. 
The narrative on Dallas is that they are a bad road team because they're three and four on the road, and they actually score 18 <laughs> less points per game on the road than at home. Miami is good at home, but Miami's not good against good teams. They're, they're not, and you pay attention to Miami, and you know that yeah, to I be do. true. This I is do. an interesting game. Dallas plus one and a half. The team that loses, this is going to be about the team that loses this game, not the team that wins this game. Agreed. Right? You're the columnist there. You're writing. You're trying to figure out which team blows it. Yeah. um, On this one. And they're both, there's both a little bit of pressure. I'm, I'm I'm betting against the Dolphins here. Okay. Give me the Cowboys. You're going for a clean sweep try. on road teams. I, 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 I don't I don't uh, I don't trust the Dolphins more against a good team. I think we've seen that Dallas will be competitive. We've seen Miami totally disappear. That's right. At home at, in, in good against good teams. Here's the well, game I of the year. And, and then of course the Buffalo thing went south on Dallas last week, but that's another story. The game of the year is the Monday night football game. Um and Super Bowl rematch, too, right, from a couple years ago. Baltimore-San Francisco? Yeah, the blackout Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I, I don't understand this line. I, I don't understand. They're begging you to bet Baltimore. Plus five and a half? Plus five and a half? They are the number one seed in the AFC. Is this the right line? Plus five and a half at San Francisco? You, the, the 49ers are a freight train right now. Do you want to get in front of them, right? Five and a half? come up with a number. They have they have obliterated Dallas. Yep. They've obliterated the Eagles. Yep. Right when and so when they've needed to do this, I mean the the only time they look terrible are when Joe the one game Joe Burrow looked great before he got hurt when he marched into there and he picked them apart right. Yep. This year, um, I like the Ravens here. I agree with you. It's a lot of points. Lot I understand points. the spread. And it's 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 those guys are desperate. You're absolutely right. They're begging you to bet Baltimore. Baltimore, but I love them in an underdog spot. They're terrible favorites, but John Harbaugh in an underdog role, he's fantastic. You're taking sure all road teams, all road teams. All right. Well, I'm okay. proving. I think I'm living the living the belief that the in the NFL, especially on Christmas Eve in Christmas Day and whenever, whenever these games are being played, right. right? Right. They're all being played over Christmas weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Again, who's going to those games? Well, season ticket holders are going to those games. They'll be full. Mm-hmm. Ish. You think? I don't know. Okay. That's, that's, you well, know, the LA Rams won't be full. There. Everybody's in your house. Oh, do I want to? The only reason you go is to get away from your relatives. That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. All right. Yeah, right. Okie dokie. All, right, all right. You were great. You're great. You're plus 22. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Good Chuck luck, Chuck Todd, you. boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that'd be more than enough. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vice, spy too. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. 
So I hope he doesn't have that Viking smoking jacket on. No, he's only spelled Vikings incorrectly several times. (laughs) So not a good week for Reg. I think it was one and two. One and two is 18, 26, and one. Yeah, it's just been a lackluster year for the monkey. It has. Yes. Um, Now, I went down to the National Zoo. It was a very frenzied atmosphere. He was busy packing. Apparently, he was headed out to Andrews Air Force Base. He was going to jump on a jet to fly to Iceland to observe the volcano, the volcano that's erupting over there, yeah. uh, along with fellow volcanology enthusiasts, Mickey Rivers and Tony Danza. There so they were go. very excited, but they stopped for a minute just to go over these matches. Uh, and the first one we gave them was the first game on the bill for us, uh, the Rams giving four, uh, hosting the Saints. And this is a lovely photograph Reginald showed me of him windsurfing near Malibu with Vince Ferragamo, Deacon Jones, and Norm Van Brocklin. So he's taking the LA Rams. Tells me he's going to take the Rams. the LA Rams. Yes. Uh, the next match we gave him, and this is just really an awful game. It's the, the New York Jets at home giving three to the Washington football team. Just, nobody uh, wants to see this. <laughs> nobody, nobody does, they not even the players on the team. Uh, and this was a very old photograph of him, uh, Reginald, at Club 54 with Joe Willie Namath, Ron Guidry, and Hank Bauer. So he's going to take the Jets. Tells me he's going to take the Jets. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bad game. It's a terrible yeah, it's game. a bad game. It's good go, and he'll get that. I mean, it wrong. might be a good game, but nobody. It, it's no. There's no draw to it. No, it's there's a no tree draw. falling in the woods with no, no one around. No uh, and the last match we gave him was Miami at home, giving a point and a half to Dallas. And this was a lovely photo of Reginald eating at Joe's Stone Crabs in Miami with Joey Ola, Larry Zonka, and Nick Bonacani. So tells me he's got ties to the Miami area. Joe Stone Crab is like the greatest restaurant in the world for the, in terms of tourism when you're a tourist. Yes. And you go to Joe's Stone Crab. There's one in D.C., I believe. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same. You know, and you go there and you sometimes wait hours for a table unless you know somebody. And I have been lucky enough to know somebody and unlucky enough to not know somebody. And you sit down, and the waiter says, and the waiter just tells you what you want. And, <laughs> really? and he says, yeah, he's completely right. This is what you're getting. And this is, yeah, that's why you're there. That's the reason you're there. You're not there for the steak. <laughs> it's not called Joe's Steak. It's called Joe's Stone Crab. And that's why you're there. You get the salad. You get the stone crab. You get the key lime pie. That's what, right? That's why you're there. I wouldn't know. You've never been? I've never been to the one down in Miami. But you've been to the easy one. Yeah, all right. All right, this week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We will come back with Booger McFarlane. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is our friend Jim Baznight with his most recent work. This is called Summertime Peculiar. Oh, no. No? This is State of the State End. State of the End. Yes. Okay, the album is called Summertime Peculiar. This is called State of the End. We like Jim Baznight very much. Yeah, I love these two songs. You know, they, they're really good. Michael, if people like Jim Baznight want to send in their original music, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. Booker McFarland joins us now, and I got a million pro questions. But there's a question that you have to ask a guy who played football. And it's about college football. And it's about the sort of recognition that college athletes now are professional athletes. And they all take off bowl games unless they're in the playoffs, including LSU's own Jaden Daniels, not going to play in a bowl game. Florida State, it seems like they don't want it. Nobody wants to play. How do you feel about this as a college athlete, as a pro athlete, and as someone who now takes the overview of, on, on football. 
So, Tony, if you were to ask me this question probably five years ago, I, I would have been vehemently against it. Because right. I think you, you have to finish what you start. And I think these guys who signed up to play college football uh, and you start the season with your team, you should want to go out there and finish. However, uh, because times have changed and because the, because the money is so astronomical and because football is not a contact sport, it's a collision sport, right. I've had to come around on this. And, yeah. and, and here's my thought. Let's just take our quarterback from LSU, Jaden Daniels. So LSU is 9-3. and three. They have an opportunity to uh, win their 10th game, and Brian Kelly can start his LSU tenure with two 10-win seasons. He's won the Heisman Trophy. His stock has astronomically shot up as far as the NFL is concerned. So should he go out and help LSU win, win a 10th game that is a non-playoff, non-championship game, or should he not take the risk and prepare for being, you know, most likely a first-round pick where he's going to be guaranteed in the neighborhood of 15 to $20 million? My thought is this. If your team has an opportunity to win a championship, which is life-changing, which is program-changing, then I think all the players should be in. However, if we're just playing for a, a you know, our 10th win, the Weed Eater Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, whatever the bowl may, may be, I think the player has to look at it and say, okay, I've given you X number of games, X number of years, mm -hmm. and so now it's time for me to be a little selfish and look out for me. Not that I don't love and, and, and love my brothers and playing for the university. However, it's just risk versus reward and pros versus cons. So I think if you have something to play for, like a championship, you play. If you don't, then I think it's, especially the quarterback position, because every play you got 11 guys going after the quarterback. So they're trying to hit this guy every play. If this were a wide receiver or somebody you can kind of hide out and not get hit, maybe it's different. But the quarterback, I think it's time to move on, and I do think Jaden Daniels made the right decision. So let me let me back this up. Malik Murphy is the second-string quarterback at Texas. Texas has a chance to win a national championship. He went into the transfer portal. He said, I feel terrible about it, but i got to take care of myself. What are your feelings about that? Well, that's the unfortunate NCAA calendar. So think about this, Tony. If Texas wins on January the 1st, they're, they're going to play again on January the, what, 7th or 8th or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which means if he plays in that game, I think the, the, the second semester uh, or, the, or, or the spring semester of Texas, uh, or most colleges start like right around the first week of January. So the calendar really makes it impossible for Malik to go and do what he wants to do uh, with Texas and then transfer and go enroll somewhere else. So, like, if, if he wants to go to LSU, I know LSU classes start, like, as soon as the new year is over. So it would be impossible for him to play for Texas and then to enroll, and I'm just making this up, at LSU. Right. And so you have to make a decision now, and that's the unfortunate situation with the NCAA calendar. He even said it, hey, I hate it. I'm going to be with my yeah. brothers mentally. Yeah. But I got to look out for myself because guess what? He knows he's not going to play at Texas because if Quinn Yours comes back and Arch Manning, the five-star, Peyton Manning's nephew, he's there. He's going to be the number two. There really is no spot for Malik Murphy, so he has to leave, Tony. I, I don't disagree with this. I mean, I have this sort of romance about being on a national championship team, but these are, in the main, Booger, these are the unintended consequences of a playoff system because they diminish all these bowls that have been around for 80 years, right? They do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's bad. 
I, let me get to the pros. Go ahead. These bowls have been around for a long time. You're right, Tony. And a lot of these bowls have turned into this. When I played, the bowls were a reward for a really good season. The bowls now have turned into uh, a, a jump start on spring practice for most teams. Oh, okay. Because, because what happens is you get 15 practices, and you're not going to practice 15 times for one opponent. So what you wind up doing is the first, call it eight practices, you're just practicing all the young guys, and, and you use this as an early spring to kind of jumpstart your workouts that start in, in, uh, in January or February. And that way, once you hit spring ball, you have some footage, you have some tape on all the young guys that are going to be the guys that are going to play in 2024. I hadn't realized that. That makes all the sense in the world to me now. Okay. All right, let me go to the pros. San Francisco and now Philadelphia have spent time this year. These are good teams. Losing three in a row, good teams. What does that generally mean to lose three in a row? That Have you ever been on a good team that lost three in a row? Absolutely, Tony. The Super Bowl team in Indianapolis, not only did we lose three in a row, Tony, we lost four in a row. It, it's like, well, like, sometimes you go through periods in the season because it's so long. You got to remember, Tony, we start playing, training camp starts in early, uh, early, well, mid to late July. Right. And you go until February. It's impossible to be at your best for six and a half months. Like, it's impossible. And so sometimes you go through stretches where the ball doesn't bounce your way. You don't play as well. Maybe you get injuries. We were 12-0 and 0 in, uh, in Indianapolis. We lost, I think, our last four games, Tony. And everybody's like, man, the sky's falling. Yeah. Nothing's going <clears throat> to yeah. be right. I mean, you know, the, the defense is terrible. Why did you trade for this guy, McFarlane? He's terrible. And I'll never forget, Tony came in a meeting one day, and he, said, he simply said this. He said, man, I can tell you exactly what's wrong with us right now. He said, we got to do our job a little bit better. He said, oftentimes the fix isn't that great. The fix is really simple. Every man in here decided to do their job just a little bit better, and we'll be fine. And our defense really led the way because we faced the leading rusher in Larry Johnson the first week in the playoffs. He had 27 yards. The next week, we had to go to Baltimore and play Steve McNair in that running game. They, we held them to three field goals. And then for the AFC Championship game, we had to go through our nemesis, which is the New England Patriots. And I'll never forget it, Tony. We're down 21-6 at halftime. And, you know, the Patriots kind of had our number. And everybody was like, man, here we go again. And Tony walked in the locker room. He said, man, it's our time. He's like, here's what we got to do. And he just went through a list of things. And we're down 21-6. to And for the first time, uh, in Indy, because I, I, I had seen this in Tampa, because Tony coached me in Tampa before he got fired and went to Indy. But for the first time in Tampa, I saw the greatness of Tony Dungy. Because even down 21-6, to 6, even with our hated robbery, robbery against the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's on the other side, and this is the height of the New England Patriots, and we're down 21-6, he said, man, it's our time. And, Tony, we came back to win, and Marlon Jackson picked off Tom Brady uh, on the last play of the game, and we go to the Super Bowl, and we play the Chicago Bears. But that's the same season that we were 12-0 and and lost four in a row. So long, long, long story short, Tony, sometimes it happens. Think about this. We think the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in football right now, correct? Yes, yes, yes. They, they lost three in a row earlier this yes, season. Yes, they did, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it goes in cycles, man. So, so what, okay, you have the benefit of playing for Tony Dungy, who was a calm man. 
I don't know if Nick Sirianni is a calm man. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is a calm man. But if I had to bet, I'd bet that Kyle Shanahan is capable of more calm than Nick Sirianni. I would, the way you're describing this story, Tony Dungy's influence on this was really great, right? It was amazing because that's what leadership is. Like, leadership just doesn't lead in the good times. As a matter of fact, leadership rarely leads during the good times. You know, when you're the CEO of a company, Tony, or you're the president, they don't really pay you to make those decisions when things are going well. You get paid those big bucks and you get that title because when things aren't going the way they should, you have to make decisions that alter the outcome or that change the outcome. That's why people who are in charge are in charge. And so when we lost four in a row, Tony had to figure out a way, how do I galvanize a group of people that probably aren't as confident as they were when we were 12-0? Yeah. They probably are listening to the outside noise, like Tony Kornheiser is talking about how the sure. coaches are terrible. Yeah. So h- how do I deal with all of that? And his leadership kind of led us through that. So how, how does Sirianni do that? How did Kyle Shanahan leave the 49ers when they lost three in a row? Uh, it's amazing. Y- you can never get too high or never get too low. You have to understand that reality always lies somewhere in the middle. And the job of a coach is to find it. So I don't know Nick Sirianni, so I can't speak for him. But – Hopefully, he can lead this team through this tough point. Because right now, everybody's giving up. So he's making decisions. He's changing the coordinator. I don't like that on defense, okay? Because Sean Desai was was good enough for you to hire, and now all of a sudden, you want to replace him with Matt Patricia. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't go well, because ultimately, that means that you made a wrong decision or that you're panicking. I don't know which one it is, but we'll see. And so hopefully, he can steady the ship, because I know this. I saw Philadelphia early in this season, and everyone said they were the best team in football. Now, all of a sudden, they can't get right. Now, which one are they? The likelihood is, Tony, they're somewhere in the middle, and I think we need to find that out over the next three weeks. What is the locker room like on a good team? Your Colts were a good team. What is the locker room like when you lose four in a row? Um, probably not the best place. Um. Here's what you look for. You look for everybody doing the little things. So in other words, is, is there, are there people showing up late to meetings? Are there people cutting corners? Are there people not showing up to workouts? And so if, if you see those little remnants of mm-hmm. failure, then, then, then you're, you're able to correct those. But if, if everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, Tony, and people are trying their best, and you just aren't making the plays, and you just aren't winning, we can deal with that. Because now I can turn the tape on and say, we got to play better. I'm giving you my best effort, but my best effort isn't good enough. And again, that's how the ball bounces sometimes. So it just depends on how you get to four in a row, or four losses in a row. If you got there because of play, good. If you got there because you didn't take care of the details, and those details started to show on the field, then that's a different thing. I'm concerned a little bit about the Eagles because I heard Jalen Hurts say one thing. Not said, committed. We all got to be committed. Yeah, not committed. So yeah. I have a saying that if you just listen to what players say, they'll tell you everything you want to know. All you got to do is listen. And so that comment told me that somewhere he doesn't feel like everybody who should be committed is committed. I don't know who that is, but for the starting quarterback, for the highest paid player on the team to say that, he has the authority to say that, and he did. And so that gives me just a little insight inside those four walls without ever being there. And so I just wonder what's going on and can they get it fixed. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. And and Hertz would, somebody else, if somebody was upset with what, what Hertz said, would say, who is he to point fingers? He's tied for the most turnovers in the league. You know, and it could, it, it, there could be an escalation of that, right? That's possible. There, there could be some of that. Uh, you're right. Um, I would need to know a little bit more about what's going on inside before I can yeah, kind of pick a side on that. Yeah, I agree. But it's very interesting to me because the lesson from this year is that San Francisco lost three in a row and hasn't lost since. You know, so right. they turned it around, and Philadelphia can do that. They have three relatively easy games at the end of the year. And if they get into the playoffs, you know, and they're th- three in a row, then then you feel different about it. Anyway, it's a great pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow on PTI, yes? Yes, sir. Wonderful. Thanks, Booger. All right, later, man. Booger McFarland, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your email faxes and notes. I love her. Mail now, baby. I just love her. <laughs> Hot pink hangover. And they're, and they're Mort. Yeah. They're not with they us. They had the great reunion. The great reunion gig in August, but uh, hopefully uh, in 2024 they'll get back together. All right, Bethesda Bagels. Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled. All right, that's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say sitting on a sofa on a Saturday afternoon. I think it's a Sunday oh, afternoon. Is it Sunday afternoon? I believe it's Sunday afternoon. Saturday has one extra syllable. Yes, there. it, it work. is Sunday. I think it's sitting on a sofa on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. Going to the candidates debate. Laugh about it. Shout about it. When you've got to choose. Every way you look at this, you lose. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. That's um, that's from the fabulous, fabulous movie. Oh, the graduate. Chew it. It's just great. I mean, Mike Nichols, right? Yeah, yeah. And Paul Simon donated these lyrics and these songs. He was probably 25 years old. Yeah, it's just fabulous. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Todd, Booger McFarland. Thanks as well to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get show through Apple. Please leave us a review. Let's see what we have here. I haven't looked at these. From James Coco in Verona, Wisconsin. The worst song? None in my mind is worse than I'm a Barbie Girl by Aqua. I I am unfamiliar. Come on, Barbie. Let's go, Barbie. (laughs) Is that what it is? Uh, uh, Okay. uh, I'm not sure. My freshman roommate (laughs) bought the CD, put it in my stereo, and hit repeat. At the start of the second play, declared he loved the song and wanted to listen to it until he was sick of it. The only thought in my mind was, you're not sick of it yet? It kept going on repeat for hours, for days. I could not escape it. Upon reflection, some 20 years later, I now wonder if I did something to upset him because surely nobody could actually like that song enough to listen to it a second time. I'll listen to Brandy a second time. I'll listen to Chuck Berry sing about his cute little toy a second time. I've sat by my father and watched Lawrence Welk repeats. I will never listen to Scandinavians sing about Barbie again. Uh, what am I made for? What did, I don't know that song at all. Jared told me he thought a Three Dog Night song was the worst song of all time. Shambhala, maybe? No, it wasn't Shambhala. And I, I tried to explain to him that Three Dog Night was was an invented group. I mean, somebody had the idea, let's get three singers who are really good. They have beautiful voices. And let's try and get a harmonic rock band, you know, in That's the late 60s, early right? 70s. Jeannie really Jeannie loves hates, them. Jeannie yeah, hates them. <laughs> and I said, they're not, as, they're not terrible, terrible. They're not. They're no. not great, but they're not... 
terrible. Every song pretty much sounds the same. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the song Who Let the Dogs Out? Oh, yeah, that's not your a grandson, song. This, your grandson just discovered that. It requires it being played every night. It's <laughs> not a, a real song. He loves song. the bark. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> from Lance Reed, from Canton, Ohio, I'd like to slip in my choice of the worst songs before all the good ones are taken. My vote for the worst song ushered in the 1970s is Crackling Rosie by Neil Diamond. I read the backstory involves lonely men, a town with few women, and a large bottle of cheap wine named Crackling Rosé. I was 15 in 1970, and that song played everywhere and drove me crazy. Turned out to become Neil Diamond's first number one hit. What did I know? I thought he'd had number one hits before that. Could you check to see if Calvert Woodley carries it? That's actually, <laughs> it's actually a funny line. I, Crackling Rosie is okay. It's not yeah, terrible. It's, it's not right. great. Clay Harrelson, New Orleans. The worst pop song ever is a song my brother-in-law would play when he wanted everyone to leave his house after a party. <laughs> he called it his house cleaner. I saw it work in person. It's... <clears throat> Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks, and it is putrid. Yeah, that's a bad song. Yeah, Seasons in the Sun is a bad song. Not sure I know that. Yeah, no, I know it. It's it's not a good song. Um, Anna Gilpin, okay, aka Ann McDonough from Roxbury, Connecticut. Now we didn't we read something by her the other day? We did. In 2016, I was doing a play at Arena Stage in D.C. I loved every minute of it. The play was called City of Conversation by Tony Giardina. It was about the glory days of Georgetown when people would meet, drink, and talk. I would drive around D.C. marveling at the history and the majesty of the place. I could go to the National Art Gallery on a Tuesday morning, be alone in a room with the Rembrandts. I would go to the National History Museum along with people from all over the world meandering through the galleries. And it was all free because the museums belonged to us. I could walk through Georgetown, past Jackie Kennedy's house, Ben and Sally Quinn's house, Joseph Alsop's house, where he famously made turtle soup for everyone, and I could go to the Verizon Center. I bought seats on SeatGeek. Since it was just me, I would splurge and get a good seat. I'd take the Metro. I loved it. Maybe have a drink at Clyde's. Sit behind the visiting team's bench. LeBron James knew that people were there to see him, and he would take the time to look around and make eye contact. When he looked at me, I was so thrilled, I thought I was pregnant. I saw Ovechkin <laughs> score a goal right in front of me. I met lots of people who mysteriously said that they worked for the government, but were unable to elaborate. I'm afraid if they move out, it becomes a suburban experience. You lose some of the magic. In nearly every city I've worked, I always try to go see the local teams, but Washington was the best. Isn't that a lovely... That really is. It's just a lovely letter from John Lanza. Oh, no, this is about John Lanza in Mamaroneck, New York, and it's from our friend Tom Dore in Chicago. John Lanza from Mamaroneck, who bought a Subaru. Is that Lanza as in Lanza Field in Mamaroneck? As in the Lanza Field where Tom Dore made a diving catch in 1990 while playing left center field? The heroic catch that saved the team for the gray team? To save the game for the gray team until Mike Toomey walked the next two batters and the gray team lost anyway? Is there a statue of me laid out in left center? Because at that age in the Blue League, we played four outfielders. Is there a statue of my dad on the bleachers beaming because he might have time to get to wing foot and hit a few balls since this awful Little League baseball game is over? So yeah. fabulous. That's the original. I'm sure his dad the always travels The original email with clubs. is from John Lanza in Mamaroneck, New York. I just bought a Subaru for the sole purpose of emailing this show. <laughs> don't tell my wife. She thinks it's because I love our family. Is it Lanza or Lanza? I don't really know. Because it's Mario Lanza, but I don't know. Do not know. From Thomas Greaves in Dallas. Your new Masterclass sponsorship brings up a great opportunity for cross-promotion. What if Mr. Tony himself were to teach a class? After all, he is a doctor. It's true. Just think of the possibilities. Vetching, dog training, complaining, waiting in line at the bank, griping, <laughs> grocery shopping, grumbling, yelling at your friend on basic cable, belly aching, and many more. I, yeah, I would do How that. How to make it through a 22-minute episode that's all NBA talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brutal. Today's going to be brutal. Oh, yeah. Kobe in Leeds, England. In Leeds. 
Wilbon, quote, I never saw my son on Christmas Day until he was seven. Tony, but you saw great games. Exchanges like that are why we love the show. <laughs> that explains yeah. a lot about our relationship. From a- oh, wait a second. Is this is is this Andrew Lavin again? We didn't we just read something by Andrew. Oh, okay. Um, please find attached uh, a piece AI uh, artwork I generated based on our favorite Simeon. Please note that the AI can still not transpose characters into recognizable symbols or words, i.e. the bet slips and part of the jacket are in are ele- illegible and Vikings is misspelled. AI still remains a few years away from becoming our proper overlords. The prompt I use to generate it is below. Portrait, acrylic painting, subject is Reginald, a humorous, good-natured, midlife chimpanzee. He's in a classic smoker's jacket, smoking a fresh cigar and holding his winning bet slips from this win- weekend's NFL doubleheader. Reginald had the Vikes by two, and they covered with a Hail Mary as time expired. Wow. Yes, unfortunately, on his jacket lapel, Viking is spelled... Vikings is spelled wrong many times. <laughs> spelled wrong. But it's good looking. Yeah. yeah. That slips are good. So, but maybe that wasn't Andrew Lavin that we read from the other day from Los Angeles. Maybe someone else. And Linda Lavin, maybe? It was not Linda Lavin. No, you know who knows Linda Lavin? Greg. Oh, that's right. Greg was on her show. That's right. When yes. he first went out Greg to California. Knows Linda Lavin well. That's right. From Terry Gans, who emails us. uh, every once in a while, Longboat Key, Florida. This is the first time I've agreed with Wilbon on anything. This is the best in terms of food and friendliness. I visited the one in Tulsa, two blocks from the Bob Dylan Center at Ain Health Food. This is Fixin's Yeah, Kevin Johnson's, yeah, Fixin's. Yes, which which Wilbon touted. So if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. It's real nice having you with us for the holidays. I couldn't think of any better place to be. Who's that? I was Dean and Frank. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, I was expecting was. Marblehead. <laughs> Revere to Marblehead. Stroll by the river, walk by the soda. Summertime in the bright. 
Oh, now won't you stay to the end? 
Tonight, when the moon is right, I'll be yours to keep. 